Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever let's podcast, we welcome you to another episode of the Genius Cast. I'm Jamison. I'm the genius, getting you set for your week six matchups. That's right, the crazy 2020 season continues to roll around, roll along with positive tests or not. Uh, looks like the NFL is going to try everything they can do to get this season and, and go. This week, we may finally have a chance where we see maybe what, what the NFL is going to do now that teams have passed their by. We're hearing about the, a couple more positive tests for the Patriots. What is the NFL going to have to do if they have to push this game back? Already been pushed back twice. Um, remember, this game was supposed to play last Sunday in week five. They pushed it back to Monday. Then they had that eventually put, push it back to the week six. But now with two more positive tests for the Patriots, what's going to happen in that game? I think that game is in doubt right now. They're telling uh, from from what I from what I understanding the game is still scheduled to play on Sunday, but with those two positive tests, you got to wonder how legit that's going to be to get that game played on Monday. Or I'm, I'm sorry, on Sunday, are they going to push it back to Monday? Will they push it back to Tuesday? Are they going to have to push it out of the week completely? Only time will tell. Um, but, but with both teams having their bye already taken play last week because of the last week's game having to be pushed back, this might be the first test the NFL has where they may have to make an, a Week 18 exception. Remember. We're hearing about the NFL uh, using that Week 18, maybe um, adding an extra week and pushing everything else back for the playoff-wise um, to kind of get some of these games that might be postponed at, as teams have their buy. And I, and I think we may officially be there with this Patriots and Broncos game. So only time will tell. Hopefully we hear more information over the next couple couple hours or so. Um, we will definitely probably hear more and more on, on Saturday, on Sunday morning, obviously, when the game's supposed to play on Sunday. But as of right now, the Broncos and Patriots are supposed to play on Sunday. But with those positive tests this morning, it likely is in doubt, which is why I talked about um, in, in, in a past podcast, and hopefully you guys listened to my podcast about that, uh, using a backup option for all your fantasy leagues. Talk to your commissioner. Talk to your, your league mates. See if that's something you want to add into it. It's not, it's, it's not a, uh, an advantage for anybody in your league. It's likely going to affect everybody. I don't see this game being the only game this happens to we've already seen it happen a couple times where games getting pushed back we haven't 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 had that that idea of having to use that backup player but it just helps avoid people having to take a chance on do I use my star or do I bench him because I don't want to take a chance for a zero. A lot of people may have done that with Henry last week, with A.J. Brown, with Jonu Smith, a lot of stars in that, in that game on Tuesday night, um, Josh Allen, uh, uh, Stephon Diggs, a lot of, a lot of talent in that, in, in that Tuesday game. But did people bench those players because they don't have a backup plan in their league for if, if, if something like that happens? So did they have to bench star players and play, go with a lesser known player, a lesser uh, quality player? This is why I think making an exception this year for the crazy year we're in, having that backup plan where let's say you have a Cam Newton or you have a Jerry Judy or you have a Noah Fan or somebody on the Patriots or Broncos, you say, I'm going to start this player no matter what, but if the game doesn't happen, you're going to play player B. That way you have an option. It's only for those COVID-positive games that are in doubt. It's not for every game in the league. It's only going to be for those games that have COVID-positive tests where they may have to push the game back, and we already know about it. So it just kind of helps t- – uh, your league mates helps other owners not have to make those decisions on uh, benching a star player because they don't know if the game's going to happen. They don't want to take a chance for a zero. Having a, a, a game plan in place where you start this player for sure, but if the game doesn't happen, you have a backup plan and everybody knows about it. And, and the rule applies for everybody. So there's no advantage for anybody to have the rule one way or the other. It, it, it helps everybody not getting handcuffed in a, in a crazy 2020 season that we're seeing um, the last three weeks. 
Now, a little bit of good news. Sounds like the Falcons and the Vikings game is going to go um, with those early earlier this week uh, positive tests there in, in Atlanta. Sounds like those games that game is going to go. A lot of fantasy uh, goodness in Atlanta Minnesota game. So sounds like that game is going to go, which is great news for Alexander Madison uh, people that picked him up and use a lot of their fab money on Alexander Madison. Kind of, you're starting to wonder if if you use that money um, for a no go because if. It gives Dalvin Cook another chance to kind of get healthy, and maybe you don't use Madison, which this week, a fantastic matchup against the Falcons. So uh, hopefully the game it does continue to go. Hopefully we do get the Falcons in Minnesota because there's a lot of fantasy goodness in that game. Also hearing about the Colts' uh, positive test this morning. Sounds like those are false positives, so that game uh, sounds like it's going to be going as well, the Cincinnati and Indianapolis. And again, I think that game is not as... Um, as important, obviously, in fantasy terms as the, as the Falcons, the Vikings, there are some uh, options in that game, but I think that game overall is going to be kind of a sleep fest. Um, the, the Colts have a really good defense, and there's not a whole lot of options on the Colts' offense that I really truly trust, even though it is against the Bengals. So that that game doesn't have, that doesn't have have me as as excited as the, as the Falcons, Vikings, but I'm definitely very excited that the Falcons and Vikings sound like they're going to play because, as I mentioned, there's a plenty of goodness in that Minnesota and Atlanta game this weekend. Before we dive into the week six matchups, let's talk a little housekeeping. If you have not done so already, please give us a follow on Twitter. We are at FansportsGenius, and our Instagram is at FantasyFootball underscore Genius underscore. And our website is always www.FantasyFootballGenius.com, where winning isn't everything. It's the genius thing. Our mastermind chat is available weekly, monthly, and full season packages. And as always, as I talked about, if you do buy a package and the season does get cut short, you're not going to lose out on that money. We'll either refund you the difference of what's remaining on that package or put that towards the 2021 season. Your choice on what happens if the season does get cut short, which, as I talked about, 2020 is a crazy season. Who knows what's going to happen? We just hope we get football through the whole season. We hope we can get through the season, and we all win our leagues in fantasy football this year. So without further ado, let's jump right on into the podcast and talk about week six. What's going to happen? No Thursday night football, as we talked about. With the Bills playing on Tuesday night, you can't turn around and play on on, uh, a couple of nights later. So there was no Thursday night football. So we're just going to break down each and every game of this upcoming weekend, starting off with the Broncos and Patriots. As we talked about this game, there may be a chance this game is in doubt. But as of right now, the game is. Uh, sounds like it's still a go right now. But with those early tests of the uh, the two additional positive tests for the Patriots, the game is in doubt. So definitely keep that in the back of your mind when you're talking about this game. Melvin Gordon was sent home earlier today, um, not feeling well. I believe they said it's not uh, COVID-related, it's just an illness. So they sent him home just as a precaution. Um, but with that drunk driving that he had, with the speeding, with everything that happened um, this this week, you got to wonder: Is this something going to happen with the Broncos? Are going to are going to kind of limit what he's going to play on the field? Is the league going to step in? I don't think the league steps in uh, right away. I think they have to kind of get more information going on there. But it's definitely something to keep your eye on for Melvin Gordon with the th- the issues that happened this up uh, this past week. But getting sent home sounds like it was an illness, but it doesn't have. Sounds like it does not have to do with the COVID, but it's just something to keep an eye on. For players we're looking at in this game, uh, sounds like Drew Locke and Noah Fant might be playing for the Broncos. Sounds like Cam Newton is back for the Patriots. I think Cam Newton is obviously a top t- uh, top ten, top twelve option in all formats. Obviously, goes back to his uh, QB one format where you can start him. He, he's very startable in a ten or twelve team leagues, especially twelve team leagues. I think he's very startable in uh, against a. A decent but not a great Denver Broncos defense. I think the Broncos can be had on the on, uh, through the air. They're a little better on the ground against a run, but I think um, a, a player like Cam Newton, obviously he can get you with his legs and his arm. <clears throat> He's a fine player against the Broncos. 
Outside of Cam Newton, I don't know, I don't know how much exposure I want to have in this game. Julian Edmond looks like he's kind of losing his um, top-tier talent. Looks like he's not the receiver that we have been used to seeing him with Tom Brady. I think Nikhil Harry eventually will take over that leadership over the uh, wide receiver one in New England. But as of right now, I don't know how much I trust Edelman. I don't know how much I trust Harry. I don't know how much I, I trust the passing game outside of Cam Newton. I know, I know Cam Newton's going to get there um, with his running, with his passing, but I just don't know where those targets are going to go to. I think James White is a player we can look at, but again, they have Damon Harris, they have Rex Burkhead. There's a lot of options in the backfield. It's a very crowded backfield for New England. Right now, I just have Cam Newton as my only option. I'm really, truly trusting on the Patriots. As for the Broncos, I don't think we can trust Drew Locke. We just don't know how bad that injury is, even if he does play. But for the Broncos, I think it's a very uh, very good thing to have him back on the field if, if he is going to play this week. You need all the time you can get to find out if he is your uh, your option moving forward, if he is your your quarterback of the future. So uh, the more games he gets to play, so maybe that little bye week last week actually helps getting Drew Locke back on the field and listening, uh, missing less games than what he would have had to do if, if they did play last week. Because I don't see him playing last week, but I think there's a legit shot he does play this week. I do like Jerry Judy quite a bit this week, and I think he is a player that we can maybe kind of uh, see have a decent game. Stephon Gilmore sounds like he he is going to be back, even though he tested positive a uh, couple weeks ago with the with the coronavirus. But it sounds like he is back on practice, so it sounds like he's going to play as well, which could take effect um, with Jerry Judy if he, if he is locked up with Jerry Judy. But I think that uh, he, he may also spend time on Tim Patrick as well. So I don't hate the idea of going Jerry Judy and GPPs. That's about the extent that I'm looking at for the Broncos. I don't have a whole lot of interest on the Broncos as a whole. I do think the Patriots' defense is a very good play in all formats, though, this weekend. I have the Patriots beating the Broncos on Sunday. Next up, the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Texans finally got in the winning uh, winning column last week. Titans beat the Bills to stay undefeated on Tuesday night. I think there's a lot of fantasy goodness in the game. Deshaun Watson, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, David Johnson. There's a lot of options we can trust on the Texans. Same thing goes for the Titans. We're getting closer to November, getting closer to December. That's Derrick Henry time. We still have a couple more weeks left of October, so that means maybe we're going to see more out of the passing game. But, I, but we know as soon as the, the, uh, the calendar turns to November, it is Derrick Henry time. We're starting to get close there. We're starting to see him kind of uh, run the ball a little more with with aggression. Seems like it seems like the, the the longer the season goes, the stronger Derrick Henry gets. He's a big, physical, bruising back. Um, so obviously, he's in play each and every week. But I still think this passing game for Tennessee is still in, uh, is the way to go. I like A.J. Brown. I like John U. Smith against this bad Texan secondary. Um, I like Ryan Tannehill as well quite a bit for Tennessee. I think there's a lot of fantasy goodness we can look at on both sides of the ball. I like the Titans to beat the Texans on Sunday afternoon. Next up, the Bengals and the Colts. The one and three and one Bengals take on the three and two Colts. Not a whole lot of interest on, on my behalf for this game. I do think the Colts are kind of are, are going to kind of handle the Bengals quite easily with their defense. I just don't know how much offense we're going to see out of both teams. If I'm looking at one player on on the Bengals, I think I do like Joe Mixon a little bit. The, the more and more he's going to get involved with the passing game, the more the more. Uh, uh, chance he gets to kind of reach value on a weekly basis. I still think he does need to get a little more involved with the passing game. But remember, last year, we saw him kind of struggle early on in the year and kind of finish as a top 15 back by the time the season was end. So the same thing happened last this year. We saw him kind of struggle early on with matchups. Now he's starting to kind of get a little more, uh, more and more involved in the passing game. The more he gets involved in the passing game, the more and more I like him. I do think Joe Mixon is a play in GP, large field GPPs as a possible uh, blow up to potential type of player and I don't think, see a lot of people going Mixon's way, so I don't hate the idea of going Mixon, even though it is against a very good Colts defense. 
Uh, don't don't have a whole lot of uh, interest in Joe Burrow. I don't hate Tyler Boyd, but I'm not looking to target him as well. As for the Colts, don't like don't like a whole lot of options on the Colts as well. Even though it is against a bad, a bad Bengals defense, I just don't like a lot of the off options on the Colts offense. I think Philip Rivers is well past his prime. Um, he's getting closer to the time where maybe he can't be in this league anymore. Um, he just doesn't look like the the, the 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 elite version that we saw during the Chargers years in uh, in uh, at the time San Diego. I just don't think that Philip Rivers is the quarterback I want to be trusting on a weekly basis to get my T.Y. Hilton or other options on the offense as well um, going through going moving forward. I think we can look at maybe <clears throat> a little bit of Trey Burton if you're looking for a value tight end um, in GPPs. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is obviously the player that we want to target. I mean, if we are looking at a player to lock in in, in in most lineups, I think it is Jonathan Taylor. He is the best back in that backfield. But again, we're not guaranteed to get the, that workload. There is Naheem Hines as well. Um, I just don't know how much we're going to see out of Jonathan Taylor, even though he is the better back. It's just he seems to be a little inconsistent, and a lot of that has to do with the coaching there in Indianapolis. I have the Colts beating the Bengals fairly well on Sunday afternoon. Next up, one of my favorite games to target, Atlanta, Minnesota. I was very worried that this game was not going to happen with a lot of uh, uh, with, with everything going on with those positive tests. Worried the game wasn't going to happen. Sounds like it is going to happen, which is great to be because I'm a, uh, a big fan of Alexander Madison. Going to get to start with Dalvin Cook out. There's only a couple running backs I'm starting over Mr. Madison in all formats. Obviously, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Derrick Henry. I like Aaron Jones as well. So I have him number four in my personal rankings, but that may be pushed to number two I can see Alexander Madison only being outplayed by Ezekiel Elliott when it's all said and done but as of right now I have Aaron Jones Ezekiel Elliott and Derrick Henry ahead of Madison I think Madison is in for a monster game against this very bad Falcons defense Um, I also believe Adam Thielen is 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 a fantastic play in all formats and I think we can also look at Kirk Cousins against the Falcons as well Falcons defense is very bad Um, we know they're gonna have to score points to to kind of keep in games Uh, Vikings don't have a great defense as well so I think there's a lot of fantasy goodness on the Falcons as well hopefully Julio Jones sits for another game to make sure he's healthy in a couple weeks get that hamstring healed up so we're not looking at a 75% Julio Jones we want him to get him 100% they still have Calvin Ridley they still have Hayden Hurst they still have Todd Gurley that they still have a lot of options on offense but they just are not getting the job done Calvin Ridley is one of the best run wide receivers in football but he has struggled two weeks ago he did have a goose egg a couple weeks ago but he was back to being Calvin Ridley that we saw in the first couple of games last week. Absolutely love Ridley against the Vikings defense and secondary. I think we see a bounce back game also from Matt Ryan, who struggled the last couple of weeks. I think we see a big offensive explosion from the Falcons. But I have the Vikings winning big, I mean, winning shootouts over the Falcons on Sunday. Next up, battle of the worst teams is maybe the NFC East. We have the Washington football team taking on the New York football Giants. Uh, on paper, the game may not sound like a very fun game. Uh, two really bad football teams, in my opinion. Um, Washington does have a decent defense that can kind of stop teams at, at times. But I think the Giants offense does have some options we can look at. I like Evan Ingram quite a bit. I think we can look at Darius Slayton as well. Daniel Jones isn't a bad off- option as well. But obviously there's other, better, there's other options over Daniel Jones if you have him on your roster, which I'm guessing you do. As for Washington, the... Uh, absolutely love Terry McLaurin. I think Antonio Gibson's in for a big game as well. Those are the two options I'm looking at for Washington. And I like, as I talked about, I like Evan Ingram, I like Darius Slayton, and I like Daniel Jones to an extent. That's the way I'm looking at that game. I have the Giants getting their first victory of the year over the Washington football team. 
Next up, we have the Baltimore Ravens. The 4-1 Baltimore Ravens taking on the 1-3-1 Eagles. Eagles are a mess on offense, on defense, all sides of the ball. This, t- this team is a mess. Ravens are clicking on defense. Looked fantastic last week. One thing that I did take in the uh, last couple weeks is something's not right with Lamar Jackson. Is he injured? What's going on with Lamar Jackson? I think my gut tells me that he may be suffering from an injury. I had I have uh, doubts about what um, about his true ceiling. So I think that in terms of elite options at quarterback, he's uh, towards the bottom of that elite option right now. Just because I don't know how healthy he truly is, something just looks off with him uh, right now. But that defense in Baltimore is legit. Uh, they put a whooping on last week. Yes, it was against a bad team, but this week they're going out also against another bad team. The Eagles are not good on offense on defense. So I see the Ravens winning big at Philadelphia. I do like Miles. Sanders a little bit. Um, if, if he, as, same thing as I talked about with Joe Mixon. If he can get involved with the passing game more and more, I think Miles Sanders' um, impact is going to be more and more um, impressive on a weekly basis. They just need to get him in the ball a little more than they are right now. Uh, Travis Fulgham, yes, he's looked good the last couple weeks, but remember, this team is eventually going to get Alshon Jeffrey back, is eventually going to get Jalen Rager back. So I think the Spending a lot of our fab money on uh, Fulgham this last week might have been an issue because I don't think he's going to be able to kind of uh, do this on a weekly basis because eventually they are going to get healthy. They, they're also going to get Dallas Goddard back eventually as well. So I think what we're seeing right now out of Fulgham is good for a time being because it's an option we can maybe look at on, on, for a bye week replacement. But I think over time those stats are going to go down, and I think eventually we're also going to see more out of Miles Sanders. they got to get involved more and more in the passing game if this Eagles team wants to turn it around. Carson does not look good on offense. Uh, looks bad right uh, at, at times. So I think he needs to realize that Miles Sanders, Zach Ertz, those are your, your, your best weapons. Uh, hopefully he gets Jalen Rager back. Hopefully he gets Alshon Jeffrey back. Hopefully he gets uh, Dallas Goddard back, and this Eagles offense can kind of get going. Because last week we did, last year we did see this team kind of have those big games. I think we can eventually get there as well. But right now the Ravens are a much better team. I have the Ravens winning big. And if, I'm, if, if I'm picking against the spread, I do like the, the Ravens. But I think there is also a chance the Eagles can kind of keep it close. So I'm likely going to avoid this game um, on the gambling side of things, but I do think the Ravens do win this game fairly easy, even if it is within the spread of, I think it's a seven-point favorite by the Ravens. I have the Ravens beating the Eagles on Sunday. Next up, the um, impressive 4-1 Browns take on the 4-0 Steelers. Steelers, one of the remaining undefeated teams, taking on a very impressive and uh, kind of a surprising Cleveland Browns team. I think we're seeing Odell Beckham kind of get back to his uh, the version we saw in New York. Had a rough year last year, uh, had a rough start to this year, but I think the last couple of games we've seen Odell Beckham kind of get that uh, that that near that elite option we saw in New York at times for Beckham. We know what kind of ability he has on the field. Um, Jarvis Landry as well. I think we're starting to see this offense kind of click. Uh, Kareem Hunt, um, I don't think it has to do with Nick Chubb being injured, but I think this offense is kind of clicking uh, the last few weeks. Uh, very impressive 4-1 record for the Browns. They're right there in the thick of things with the Steelers and the Ravens. I don't think they can get there by the season end. I, th- I think it is the Ravens' division to win, but the Browns are kind of showing me that they are a legit team this year, and their offense is kind of uh, turning that corner after last year. Everybody was high on this offense. Maybe it just took them a year to kind of gel and get going. The Browns, I think, hang with the Steelers, but I have the Steelers winning on Sunday. I do like... Um Chase Claypool quite a bit this week. I think we're starting to see that maybe he is the wide receiver one. 
Yes, it's still Juju Smith-Schuster. Yes, Deontay Johnson's still there. He's not going to be there this week, out with an injury. But I think we're starting to see why the Steelers liked the rookie this year and what kind of talent Chase Claypool truly has. Um, so I think he's kind of getting closer to that wide receiver one, but I still think of, uh, that it is still Juju Smith-Schuster's wide receiver one. But I think Claypool is in for some big games moving forward, and I think we can see a big game this week against the Browns defense. I have the Steelers winning and continuing to stay undefeated on Sunday. Next, we have the Chicago Bears and the Carolina Panthers. Two kind of surprising over 500 teams. Bears sitting at 4-1. and one. I think um, at the season start, if you told me the Bears would be 4-1, and one, I kind of would laugh at that. I didn't think they'd be this kind of good. And, and maybe, maybe they're, they're not as good as their record, but they're still 4-1. and one. you still got to give them their record. As for the Panthers, you got to love what this coaching staff has done with this team when, since Chris McCaffrey went down with injury. Once he went down, everybody thought this team was going to be one of the worst teams to play on a weekly basis. A bad defense, bad Bad offense, uh, no, their, their best player gone for multiple games. But the Panthers are finding ways to win. I think it's coaching up the the team with the coaches. I think the the, 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 the young stars are kind of coming in, and we're seeing Robbie Anderson kind of become a number one option in this offense. Uh, maybe it's a little more of a one A one B with Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. I still like DJ Moore a little more than Robbie Anderson, but I think that uh, Anderson is obviously. Uh, eating into that Pred production, and a lot of people have Anderson as the wide receiver one over D.J. Moore, and I'm not uh, arguing that position. I just personally think that D.J. Moore is still the wide receiver one, but for me, it's more of a wide receiver one A and a one B in D.J. Moore and Robert and- Robbie Anderson. I also like Curtis Samuel as well a little bit. Uh, more of a GPP, obviously, play, uh, because I think he does have tremendous upside with Teddy Bridgewater. As for the bear side of things, Allen Robinson, I think you start him every week. You start him every week. You start him every week. The guy is fantastic. Doesn't matter who the quarterback is. He has success on a weekly basis. I just wish he had a good quarterback throwing the ball. Imagine the numbers he would put up. I think week, week in and week out, he's a top five, top ten option in all formats at all times. Allen Robinson is a must play in all formats every week for me as he continues to, to have success despite the quarterback position that he's had going back to his time in Jacksonville. I have the Panthers beating the Bears on Sunday afternoon. Next up, we have the Lions and the Jaguars. One and th- one, th- one and three Lions take on the one and four Jaguars. I think there is some fantasy goodness in this game. One of my favorite wide receivers this week is Kenny Galladay. I think he's in for a big game against the Jaguars defense. I like LaVisca Chenault on the other side of the ball uh, quite a bit as well. Receiver with DJ Shark kind of questionable to play this week. I think LaVisca Chenault is kind of showing what kind of impact he can have on his team. The rookie out of Colorado has, has had a couple back-to-back uh, good games with a big game last week. I think he continues that success this week against the Lions secondary. Um, um, Gardner Minshew, Matthew Stafford, I think they're both in play as well as for quarterback. James Robinson's in, obviously in play at the running back position for Jaguars after a down week last week. I think we're going to start to see more and more out of De- DeAndre Swift for the Lions uh, moving forward as well. I don't think I'm going to go there this week, but it's definitely someone I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Um, and I think we can also look at Marvin Jones as well. I'm not too, hot, too high on TJ uh, Hawkinson. He had time to wow me. He has not wowed me yet. I just don't know if he's the um, he's quite there to make that jump in the as a top option tight end. So for me, for the Lions, it's uh, it's Kenny Galladay. It's a little bit of DeAndre Swift, to kind of keep an eye on. It's Marvin Jones. It's Matthew Stafford. As for the Jags, it's Gardner Minshew, Lavisca Chenault, James Robinson. I think we can look at Keelan Keelan Cole as well. I think we have an option for a pretty decent high-scoring game. I have the Jaguars beating the Lions on Sunday afternoon. Excuse me as I get a drink of water. 
Next up, we have the Jets and the Dolphins. Not much to say about this game. I think the Jets obviously are one of the worst teams in football. They show it week in and week out. They did get rid of uh, – they let uh, Le- Le'Veon Bell kind of – Leave the bad team, go to the best team in the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I'll talk about that a little more, a little more next week when we talk about uh, the, the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> the, the Chiefs continue to get better. Le- Le'Veon Bell is only going to help that team, but, but that's a different story. As for the Jets, I don't think there's very many options I'm looking on the Jets at all. Outside of Jameis Crowder, that's about the only option I'm even uh, – entertaining the option about and I'm likely not going to go there as well as for the Dolphins I like Miles Gaskin I like Mike Jacecki I like uh, Devontae Parker I don't hate Preston Williams as well Ryan Fitzpatrick I think there's an option we can use against the Jets but how much are they going to act, actually have to play in this game I think the Dolphins are going to hand, handle the Jets quite uh, quite quite big in this game I think the Dolphins are the much superior team over the Jets and until they get Gase out of, that, out of that coaching staff, I think the Jets will continue to be one of the worst teams of all time. I have the Dolphins winning big on Sunday over the Jets. Next up, we have Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. The 4-0 Green Bay Packers take on the 3-2 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, a lot of fantasy goodness in the game. Devontae Adams, uh, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Ronald Jones, Aaron, Aaron um, I'm sorry, Ronald, Ronald Jones, Aaron Jones. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, plenty of options to look at on both sides of the uh, on both sides of the field with Buccaneers and and the Packers. We're seeing what kind of uh, uh, what kind of gut call Aaron Rodgers is. The, the guy is in it's in a monster year this year. I think he's having one of his best seasons he's had in quite a while. A fantastic year for Aaron Rodgers. I think he continues it this week against the Buccaneers, who have a pretty decent defense, but I think this game is going to be a high-scoring game on both sides of the ball. I like the Packers to get the job done at Tampa. Um, If Chris Godwin can go, uh, Mike Evans is also dinged up as well. If both players can go, I do prefer Mike Evans a little bit over Chris Godwin just because we we don't know how – how impactful Godwin's going to be with this injury he's had for the last couple weeks with the hamstring injury. But if both players can go, absolutely love Tom Brady. But I think Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Parker, I mean to Devontae Adams and to Aaron Jones the way I want to go. I have the Packers beating the Buccaneers in a very high-scoring game, which should be fun to watch on uh, both sides of the ball. Packers over the Buccaneers on Sunday. Sunday night we have the Rams and the 49ers. If there is a must-win, it is this weekend for the 49ers. If they want to win this division, they have to win against the Rams. So you don't want to fall 2-4 and four, um, against the division with the Rams and the Seahawks, who look fantastic. Both teams look really good. 49ers struggled last week, got blown out by the Dolphins. I think the 49ers are done. I think that those, they've just suffered too many injuries. Losing Bosa for the year was a major uh, impact for that defense. I have the 49ers losing this game. I think the Rams are going to win. I think they're going to prove that they are the better team over the 49ers, and I think the 49ers just are going to be kind of in not, not in a rebuilding mode, but they need to get healthy for next year. I think 2020 might be a lost cause for the 49ers, and the Rams look like that uh, version we saw a couple years ago. Um, I think we're going to start to see more and more impact out of Cam Akers as well. Last week he was a better running back at, over Daryl Henderson and Malcolm, Malcolm Brown. More and more he gets healthier back in the lineup. I think Cam Akers is going to be the running back to own in Los Angeles for the Rams. Uh, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, um, Jared Goff, a lot of options we can look at for the uh, Rams as well, especially against the 49ers defense, which is not the defense we saw from last year. I have the Rams beating the 49ers on Sunday night. Doubleheader Monday, we have the Chiefs and the Bills. Again, uh, I'll go into more detail with both these games on Monday. 
But uh, just a quick little rundown. I do have the Bills upsetting the Chiefs. I think they're going to bounce back from the loss uh, against the Tennessee Titans. I do think the Bills do get the job done on on Monday, which is going to be kind of a, a – a, a kind of show me kind of game. I thought the Bills were much better than they, than they played against Tennessee. I don't know where, really what happened in that Tennessee game. I think they do bounce back and have a big game against the Chiefs. I do think they get the job done beating the Chiefs at home in Buffalo. A lot of often we can look at on both sides of the ball. As I talked about, Le'Veon Bell. I'll talk about more, this more on Monday when I talk about this game and more in detail. But I think Le'Veon Bell is going to be a better player, obviously, than we saw in New York. I think he does downgrade a little bit to uh, Clyde Edwards-Alar. But I also don't hate the idea of going to the owner of CEH. And if, if he's starting to panic, giving him a low ball option to trade for CEH. I think they're both going to be RB2 slash high-end flex options moving forward. I think we're going to see both Edwards-Alar and uh, Le'Veon Bell have an impact on a weekly basis, so I don't hate the idea of uh, kind of lowballing a, a CEH owner that's kind of panicking about the move and getting a player who I think is going to be an RB2 slash high-end uh, flex option on a weekly basis. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of footballs to go around with the Chiefs offense. This is one of the teams that I think doesn't matter how many stars they have on offense, there is talent, there, there, there is uh, balls to go around. Patrick Mahomes is going to find ways to use everybody in his offense. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, CEH, Le'Veon Bell, McCole Hardman. There's a lot of options here, but I think we can see on, on a weekly basis most of these players hitting. I think we're going to see three, maybe even four options on a weekly basis, and I think we're going to see, as I talked about, both running backs are going to be high-end flex options or maybe even a low-end RB2, which is fine moving forward in fantasy. Um, that's the way I'm looking at it as well. And it, and if for some reason Le'Veon Bell was cut by the team because it looked like he was not going to have a great year, absolutely ph- phenomenal pickup if you can get Le'Veon Bell. I have the Bills beating the Chiefs on, on Monday, e- Monday afternoon. Um, next up, we have the Cowboys and the Cardinals. The 3-2 and two Cardinals head to t- Dallas, take on the 2-3 and three Cowboys. No Dak Prescott, or we're going to see what kind of uh, uh, impact that's going to be with Andy Dalton uh, running things for the Cowboys. I don't think there's a huge, huge downgrade. Obviously, there, there's a downgrade losing Dak Prescott, but in terms of players kind of struggling and having uh, bad games, I don't think we're going to see Michael Gallup have bad, uh, horrible games. Amari Cooper's not going to have horrible games. CeeDee Lamb's not going to be a horrible play. I think we're going to see more out of Ezekiel Elliott moving forward. I think they're going to want to run the ball a little more um, with the ground game with Ezekiel Elliott, with Tony Pollard, which... People are talking about it's going to help their defense, but you can't help a defense that's really bad. The Cowboys' defense is truly a bad defense, but it can't get any worse, I don't think. So I think running the ball with Ezekiel Elliott does help that defense in terms of not having to be on the field as much. So maybe that's going to help them kind of stay fresher and not get destroyed on a weekly basis. They're still a bad defense. They're still going to give up big points and big yardage to opposing teams. They're still a must-play on, on the other side of the ball as well. So if you have any Cardinals, obviously you're going to start those Cardinals. Uh, Christian Kirk, um, DeAndre Hopkins. I like Chase Edmonds over Kenyon Drake. We don't have to talk about that. I've, I've gone into that in detail. I think Edmonds is a better play for the Cardinals over Kenyon Drake. But I don't have to go into that. I've talked about that plenty of times. And Kyler Murray, I think Kyler Murray is one of the better quarterback options this week in fantasy. I think we're going to see a lot of points from both sides of the ball. I think Cardinals and Cowboys are going to be in for a quite, of a, quite a bit of a shootout, which will be fun to watch in terms of fantasy purposes. But I have the Cowboys getting the first win without Dak Prescott following his bad injury. I have the Cowboys winning on Monday night over the Cardinals in a very high-scoring game with a lot of fantasy goodness. And as I talked about the, both those games, I'll talk about much more in detail on Monday. We'll talk about the Le'Veon Bell a little more on the impact as well, and we'll talk about what to expect from the Cowboys with no Dak Prescott moving forward as well 
that'll do it for today's podcast. Hope you guys had a fantastic week. Hope you guys get those W's this upcoming weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. And as I talked about, if you have not done so already, please give us a follow on at Genius on Twitter. And our Instagram is at FantasyFootball underscore Genius underscore. And it's not too late to become part of the Genius Mob and to purchase our Mastermind Chat. That's right. We have our Mastermind Chat available weekly, monthly, and full season packages. One-on-one access with yours truly, the genius himself, via text messages regarding all things fantasy football. You have a question, I have the answer. I'll get back to you within 24 hours, most likely within an hour or two. All things, whether it be trading, whether it be lineup construction, whether it be roster pickups, whether it be roster moves, whatever it might be, I will get back to you 100% of the time via our Mastermind Chat. Weekly, monthly, and full season packages. And as always, as I talked about, if the season does get cut short and you're you bought it. You bought a package. Whatever's remaining on your package, we would either refund you the difference or put it towards the 2021 season. Your choice. That is, if we have a season cut short with this crazy 2020 season. That'll do it for today's podcast. If you have any, uh, if you have any questions, hit me up on Instagram. Have a great weekend. Good luck in your matchups. Dominate those leagues. And thanks for the listen. Let's dominate your leagues.